with the theme in the gospel of finding buried treasure or discovering a treasure of great price and then buying it, I decided I would go to an authority that we all trust, and that is the internet. And I googled finding treasure or finding buried treasure. And I came across a couple of stories. Now, I cannot attest that they are absolutely true, okay? I cannot attest to that. But it kind of gives us a flavor of what we're going to be considering, and it's interesting too, especially the first one. I'm a coin collector, and so this is what I would dream would happen someday. It hasn't, but for me, someday. So you're walking along, this couple was walking their dog, and uh, they find a partially buried can. So they look into it and kind of start investigating. And what do they find in there? Gold coins from the 1800s. Seriously, if I found that, you would hear me screaming and yelling, like, oh, look what I found. Marion would be filled with my shouts of joy. So then, now this is where it gets a little impossible for me, but still, it's part of the story. So they go to their backyard, and guess what they find? More cans with gold coins in them. So according to the story, according to the story, the value of all those gold coins, $5 coins, $10 coins, $20 coins, $1 million. Who wants to be a millionaire? Finds the gold coins, and you will be. Okay, but that's a treasure, and it was buried too, or at least partially buried. One last story, one last story. This happened in England. According to what I read, a guy was using a hammer and he put it down. I guess he couldn't find it. This is where it's like, you can't find a hammer where you put it. Well, then I started thinking about, I set a pencil down or I set something else down and I forget where it is. In fact, yesterday I had a book that I was using to reflect on today's readings and the scriptures and another book. Could I find them? No, I'd set them right next to my desk on the floor, so I had to come all the way back here in order to find them. So there is a little connection there. So he sets his hammer down, and then he has a guy, his friend, who has a, a metal detector to try to help him find his hammer. Well, they found more than that. They found gold, they found silver, they found jewels that went potentially all the way back to the fourth century. That's old. 300s, $3.8 million worth of buried treasure that they dug up. Okay, so we got the idea. There's a lot of valuable things that are buried that we can dig up, but don't start digging up around here, the parish, okay? I doubt that we're going to have these gold coins. But yet, it's intriguing when we hear stories about treasure and people find treasure. Have you ever found anything? valuable like that? Have you found value, a buried treasure or anything? I don't see any hands. Hey, you know what? I was on a, a walking trail in Cedar Rapids. I found $20 on the floor, on the ground, rather. That was cool. It, see, it pays when you shuffle your feet and you look down and you don't look up. <laughs> and it did, $20 right there. That's probably about the most valuable thing that I've found, I think, as far as I can recall. But the real answer, okay, the real answer when I ask you, have you found any treasure in your life? The real answer should be yes. And, but we're not talking about gold, silver, or jewels, or anything like that, or a $20 bill. We're talking about the real treasure in this world, but not of this world, incarnate, but sent to us from heaven. You know who I'm talking about. The treasure is Jesus. The treasure of the kingdom of God is Jesus. 
He is that buried treasure. He is that pearl of great price. And what Jesus is teaching us, lots of stuff, but I'll just accentuate a couple things, is the pursuit of that treasure, and he teaches us about finding that treasure. Now, one of the things that's implied here, and I'm going to read you a quote in just a minute, but one of the things that's implied here is that we all may be searching for that treasure, who is Jesus. That we may not all automatically find him as the treasure in our lives. Sometimes he's buried. Because we're pursuing other things as treasure, as the most beautiful and wonderful thing that's going to give us meaning and focus in our lives. And lots of people do that. We might go through phases in our lives where we're pursuing things or whatever that we think is going to give us everything we need and focus our lives, etc. And it, it really doesn't. You know, it's power, possession, prestige, pleasure, all that we've talked about many times before. So we might find ourselves searching for a while. Now, there's a friend of mine, and you know of him too. His name is St. Augustine. And Augustine was a really smart guy, very learned, but he also liked to sow his wild oats. And he did lots of things, lots of indescribable things, we'll say, in terms of this homily. And his mother was pursuing him all along. But he was looking for God or looking for meaning in all the wrong places. And he did a good job of that. But then, in a book that he wrote called The Confessions or His Confessions, he wrote about his conversion experience where he found the treasure, where he found the pearl of great price. Now, this is one time that I'm going to fail you as an Irishman. Irishmen are supposed, and women are supposed to know poems and prose and have memorized them so I can just recite them for you. I can't do that. But I'd like to share with you the prose of St. Augustine that helps us to hear about his conversion experience. Just listen to what he's saying when he found the pearl, when he found the treasure. Ready? He says this, Late have I loved you, O beauty, ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. And see, you were within, and I was in the external world and sought you there. And in my unlovely state, I plunged into those lovely created things which you made, but he used them for the wrong purpose. You were with me, and I was not with you. The lovely things kept me far from you, though if they did not have their existence in you, they had no existence at all. You called and cried out loud and shattered my deafness. You were radiant and resplendent. You put to flight my blindness. You are fragrant, and I drew in my breath, and now I pant after you. I tasted you, and I feel but hunger and thirst for you. You touched me, and I'm set on fire to attain the peace which is yours. St. Augustine. See what happens? 
Just feel it, first of all. Feel it. Feel what he was saying. And understand, but, but feel it. You, you feel the fire. You feel the passion. You feel the regret. You feel the remorse. But you also can feel and sense that acceptance that came from Christ when Augustine discovered the treasure, the pearl of great Christ. And if you will, I'll use this word, succumbed to it, surrendered himself to Jesus. And his world, in a good sense, was spinning, filled with joy, filled with, with renewal and a sense of purpose as things came together. That's what happens when you find the treasure, the pearl of great price. Now, there's one other thing that I want to offer to you, suggest to you, in terms of the pearl and the treasure. And that is, I was talking about Augustine searching, okay, and finally, finally finding Jesus. But also, I want you to know that just because we call God or Jesus the, the buried treasure or the pearl of great price that you look for to find, it doesn't mean that God is passive in any of this. He never forces himself on us. He never violates our human freedom because he gave it to us, and he's not going to violate it. But God puts himself in our way, sometimes so we trip over him, sometimes so we get a slight glance of him, sometimes we see him right there, right in front of us. He puts himself in our way, if you will, so that we can find him. So he's actively pursuing us. Even as we are looking for the pearl of great price and think it's something else rather than Jesus, rather than God, he's constantly presenting himself to us. So it's a dynamic, it's a double thing, right? We're looking and he's right there wanting to help so that we can find him. He reveals himself. He wants himself to be known by us. And not only that, but he wants to dwell within our hearts. We can be actively looking, but he's actively pursuing us as well. It's a beautiful double dynamic because God so wonderfully wants us to know him, to believe in him, to embrace him, and to walk with him. Let's conclude with this, this little thought. There, when I was in college, I suppose, or high school, the Jesuits in St. Louis were writing all these cool songs. Sometimes we sing them, sometimes we don't. But there's one, it was in a, a book, double volume, called I think it's glory and praise. And there's one that they wrote that's called Earthen Vessels. And it comes, it was inspired by St. Paul when he wrote this. We hold a treasure. Now, this is the Jesuits kind of taking a little liberty with the scripture. We hold the treasure not made of gold, 
in earthen vessels, that means you and me, human beings, in earthen vessels, wealth untold. One treasure only, the Lord, the Christ, meaning Jesus, in earthen vessels, in you and in me. Never forget that song because of what it says. God wants to dwell here in the center and core of who you are and what you're about and how you act and how you think. He wants to be here. And he's asking you to receive him here, to receive the pearl of great price, to receive the buried treasure in your earthen vessels, to receive Christ, the wealth untold.